good night, good night to everyone who is in the do. Welcome. Hi, and I am here. I am joined by the lovely Melissa Young. And this is the last time that I probably may, may refer to her as Melissa for this show. You may hear me refer to her as Ellen. You may oh hear me refer to her as Legosaurus, Mel, and a slew of nicknames. <laughs> a slew of nicknames. Trying my best not to treat this like a training session and not like roll my eyes, but you're making it very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I expect multiple eye rolls tonight as well. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be talking about polycystic ovary syndrome, otherwise known as PCOS. And we're going yes. to be speaking about the specific journey that Melissa, that's, that's going to be the last name for sure, has had <laughs> in managing PCOS. Um, I, I just want to say that her journey will be specifically unique to her. I just want to say that anyone who may be dealing with PCOS uh, should speak to their doctor, definitely, and chart their own specific strategy system from there. All right. I think the first thing that I should do is start with a definition. We're going to talk about what is PCOS? What is polycystic ovary syndrome? Well, PCOS is, a, is basically, it's, it's kind of a complex metabolic syndrome, or some, uh, some persons will refer to it as a hormonal disorder. And that's common yes. among ladies who are in their reproductive ages. Um, unfortunately, what happens is that persons start to get, but ladies who are afflicted with PCOS, um, may have issues where the reproductive system or reproduction is um, pretty much obstructed to some degree. Yeah. We have a situation where male hormones can be developed. The periods can be pretty much offset. They can be irregular. They can be long. Um, you know, a number of issues can be developed. And you will have situations where the ovaries may develop numerous small follicles, um, which may create an ovulation uh, mm -hmm. where ovulation really doesn't happen and that's why it creates a, a a problem as it relates to reproduction all right so as it relates to that you have situations mm -hmm. such as insulin uh, resistance which comes yes. as a result in many cases in fact most pcos cases um have insulin resistance linked to it so we are going to delve into that a little bit here today uh, Melissa, can you tell me about your initial feelings as to when you found out about your diagnosis with PCOS? Not a problem. First of all, thank you so much for that intro because I had actually prepared an entire intro. I encourage all of that anxiety off of me, so I'm so pleased about that. <laughs> thank you. Um, what I would say on the start off is that there are actually four types of PCOS. Um, the first one that Kurt mentioned would have been insulin resistance, which is marked by an overabundance of insulin production within the reproductive system. And what it does is it actually stops you from ovulating. Um, there's also pill-induced PCOS, and that occurs in people who've been on the pill for like an extended period of time, and the pill also halts ovulation. So the pill is something that you, you really should be sure if that's what you really want to be on. Um, we also have inflammatory PCOS, and that is where inflammation, again, blocks ovulation, and that can come from too much stress. It can come from consumption of dairy. It can come from consumption of gluten. 
And then finally, there's hidden PCOS, which is linked to a thyroid issue. And what that means is that your body is not producing enough iodine and actually ovaries need that in order to ovulate. So those are the four types of PCOS, insulin resistance, uh, pill-induced, uh, we have inflammatory, and then we have hidden PCOS. So the one that I have um, is insulin resistance. Um, so what happened essentially is I have been diagnosed technically three times with PCOS. What would have happened was I have had my life essentially marked by horrible periods. So we're talking pain, we're talking periods that could last 14 days, we're talking blood clots, we're just talking all of the horrible things that go along with like a really, really bad period. Um, and that all started literally when I first started having my cycle when I was about 12 years old. And I was 16, I was put on the pill because that, that's the way that you manage it or that was the way that you managed it back in the day. Um, when I was in my late 20s, I was going to see the gynecologist because I had come off the pill when I realized, okay, you know what? It's still not really helping the situation. There has to be another way to, you know, sort this out. So I went to the gynecologist. Um, we had a conversation. He examined me. And I say he very specifically for a reason. And then he said to me, okay, yeah, you have PCOS. And um, you need to go on the pill. And I was like, is is that the only option that I have? Because I, I feel like the pill isn't really doing me any, any favors. And he was like, no, the best thing for you is to be on the pill. In my defense, not even in my defense, my issue is that I never took the time to examine what my other options were. I pretty much trusted what I figured was a professional was telling me. They were telling me, okay, this is what you need to do. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, I guess I have to do it. Mm. Um, so I got back on the pill again. It was just, it was a wash. It wasn't really worth it. Um, then about a year later, I started to get what I thought was really bad acne on my face. But with PCOS, it's not specifically acne; it's hormonal breakouts. So there's there's a difference, and I'm stressing that because that's what I discovered um, in speaking to the third person who diagnosed me. And it's also something I discovered when I started seeing um, Sadia Nakuda at Lotus Health Beauty, who was, you know, taking care of my skin. And when I went to see her, initially I went just to get, like, my eyebrows done. And then she was like, you know, I think you might have PCOS. So I started talking about my skin issues and other things that were happening. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, the doctor says I just have to stay on the pill and I'm not really sure what else I need to do. Um, what happened was in... 2019 and this was maybe about I want to say six or eight months after I started working out really religiously I would say when I started the journey of from plump to pump I realized while working out in general um yes I was feeling stronger I was feeling more energetic all those different things but my weight wasn't shifting and for somebody who has been plus size for the majority of my life, it wasn't the first time that I tried to lose weight. But for whatever reason, and obviously getting older, your metabolism slows down, everything like that, it was getting extremely hard. But it felt like this is too difficult. There must be an underlying issue. Mm -hmm. So I initially thought maybe I had like a thyroid issue. So I actually went to um, Dr. Um, Fatima Nana who I don't know if she's in the chat. She said that she would pop in and like correct me if I said anything wrong. Um, I actually went to her and said, well, listen, I'm having real trouble losing weight. 
I don't understand what's going on. I'm still having like these hormonal breakouts. Like my period is still really heavy. It's still very, very painful. And I just need a solution as to what is going on. And to her credit, she took the time to sit down with me. She ran all the tests that needed to be run. We had long conversations about it. And she diagnosed me officially with PCOS. And I remember saying to her, this is not the first time we had this diagnosis. So what are you going to tell me to go back on the pill? And she was like, no, we are going to work on this in terms of nutrition, um, in terms of diet, in terms of exercise. We'll consider if we need to include like um, inositol or metformin into your, into your diet. And we'll just see how it goes from there. So quick pause to say that one thing I think everybody needs to do when they are starting on a wellness journey, a fitness journey, please advocate for your health. Because if I had advocated for my health a lot earlier, chances are I would have been able to, you know, get way more progress. And I'm betting right now, I would have started that a long time ago. That's very so important. That's, I agree with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, find somebody who's going to take the time to listen to what you're saying and understand that when you say, I don't want to do this other thing that I've been doing for so long because it's not working, what other options do I have? That they just say, okay, let's work on it together. And that is literally what we did because she was the kind of doctor that would check in with me and said, how's your weight? Um, any inches coming off? Um, how have you been eating? What's happening, et cetera. So like kudos to Dr. Nana. She really and truly was one of the people that really helped to change my life with regards to how I managed PCOS. Um, can you repeat the name of your doctor again? Sure. Fatima Nana. Mm -hmm. uh, what you're touching on is a very important thing. And it came up in some of the previous discussions we had which goes mm -hmm. towards having a fantastic relationship with your medical practitioner. You, yeah. you are mentioning that you don't even have to go into your doctor each time you want to ask a question. You can easily just ask her a question. And furthermore, she checks in with you. You can't go ahead of that. We mentioned insulin resistance, and I just want to mention what mm -hmm. insulin resistance actually is. So sure. insulin actually is a hormone that's created in the pancreas, and it, it helps mm -hmm. with um, the storage of glucose. So Sugar breaks down, it goes towards um, forming glucose, and it mm -hmm. is stored in your muscles, it's stored in your, in your fat, it's stored in your liver, and it's used mm -hmm. for, for fuel, basically. So yeah. it's basically energy. But what happens yeah. with insulin resistance is that your body then stops making use of that insulin. And your yeah. pancreas know, big catch like your pancreas decides, no, you're going to make more insulin. So we have that constant cycle yeah. now. Which then, eventually, insulin resistance happens, right? And it basically tells the fat, it basically tells the glucose and the sugar and the fat, yeah, y'all are good. Y'all don't need to do anything. Just keep mm -hmm. piling up on top of each other. You're fine. Mm -hmm. We're going to do our thing over here. You just do your thing over here, which makes it awful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely awful. Then you've got things like big, big cravings. And obviously, it leads to a lot more hormonal um, issues. So you have hormonal imbalance becoming more and more imbalanced with time. Mm -hmm. And that continues to lead down into a spiral of a number of different issues. Yeah. So you spoke about uh, some of the issues that you would have had earlier, clock, And you also mentioned, yeah, you touched on it and you, you, you stuck a pin there when you mentioned that you were speaking to a male doctor at first. And then yeah. eventually you spoke to a female doctor. But any specific reason why you would have stuck that pin? You mean in terms of going to the female doctor, or you mean talking about the male doctor? Um, well, switch up from a male to a female, specifically, right. but you did mention 
may not at first. I'm, I'm my assumption, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that um, a lady, obviously, or more than a lady, will have yeah. more knowledge and empathy for something like this. The thing is, I don't doubt... Um, well, this is the thing, because my assumption would have been, okay, they have the knowledge. But it's very likely that they didn't have the knowledge because it just didn't seem important to them to have that level of knowledge. Mm. So, and there certainly wasn't any empathy because when I said, well, can I do something else besides the pill? They were very insistent. The pill is your best option. Right. That's what you need to be on. Um, so Dr. Nana came recommended to me. And what, like I said, when I went to her, all of the empathy, all of the kindness, all of the instruction, all of the interest, all of the knowledge. And speaking of knowledge, what's interesting too is that I remember when I got the diagnosis, I felt relieved. And I actually came back to you when I said to you, well, Kurt, just found out this is probably what the major hindrance is in terms of the progress that we haven't been seeing that we've been hoping for. You know, like, what do we do? And that's why I said that I think the former doctor, the male doctor, just didn't have any interest in gaining the knowledge. Right. Because when we had that discussion, you and I, you went into research mode. You were like, okay. So here's what she's going through. Here's what we need to be doing. We're going to be doing a lot less of that heavy cardio because the cardio, as you know, when you do like a lot of cardio, there, there's um, cortisol to consider. And that actually makes it a bit more difficult to lose weight because the body holds onto it because it thinks that it's just being stressed unnecessarily. It can tell the difference mm -hmm. between working on stress and like regular stress. And it was from there that I felt like, okay, well, I kind of feel like I have my support team together. Like I have Dr. Nana on the medical side of things and then in sharing that information with you, I had your support regarding, well, how do we now tailor a program to actually address all of the issues that have been, that have been highlighted? So that was a real blessing to get that diagnosis and then in being able to share that information to make a real change. Yeah, so because you brought it up, then I just want to elaborate a little bit on that. So as you mentioned, the body not knowing the difference between what is an outside stressor from an internal stressor. Yeah. Um, and reduce, reduce, um, inducing more cortisol, which is your stress hormone. Um, and mm -hmm. again, you have a situation where there's more imbalance than that's going on in the body. And mm -hmm. honestly, this is one of the major reasons why I asked you to have this discussion here today, because yes, it's important, you know, to, to have a knowledge of all of these um, diseases and all of these issues that people go through. But um, mm -hmm. it very very important i think a lot of a lot of ladies um deal with this in silence and they yeah. don't necessarily know how to manage and, and i'm hoping that we can at least lay some things here that some persons can take away sure. you know when, when we start a research um dealing with pcos and weight loss we always see persons mm -hmm. then go straight into hyper mode so they lift right. all the weight they go in complete um high intensity um the trigger mm -hmm. To work every single day and then they realize well yes as you mentioned before you're getting stronger okay but nothing else is happening you know and then you may have situations where your mood is not necessarily the best and all of that um and again it, you know it works differently for different people because there are some mm -hmm. persons who respond well to high intensity work but mm -hmm. it's, what we found is that it was very very good for you to have slower pace workouts 
where Coast Swiss were not buying, 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 buying all the time. Um, where you find your way, take your time, and um, and also make sure that you put a, a big emphasis on your recovery. Uh, would you like to, to speak a little bit more about your adjustment to workouts, which were specific to that? That particular. I just say it, it was the best thing ever because I hate cardio. <laughs> it's funny though, because you were right about the going into overdrive thing. Because when we first started um, training together, I think it was probably March of 2019 or something like that. It was relatively early in the year. Um, I know that I was working out with you two days a week. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to get a gym membership and I'm going to start running. I'm going to start running on evenings with a friend. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get all the cardio in because I'm going to be losing, you know, I'm ready for this to happen for me. And I literally went into overdrive. So again, I, I did feel as if I was getting stronger. I guess in some sense, I felt I was getting thinner because it was putting all this effort in. But I wasn't seeing the changes I really wanted to see in terms of my weight, in terms of losing inches. I certainly wasn't seeing changes in like the other, the other uh, effects of PCOS. So the other effects are like you know, obviously you have like uh, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's all these different things that are mixed into it um, because of the increase in milk testosterone. Sometimes you get like you know weird hair growth in places that we shall not mention because that's not y'all's business. Y'all can be y'all's research. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, like, you, you get, like, like dark patches of skin on, or you get, like, dark dark men here in the neck and stuff like that. There's all these different things that were indicators of what was happening. So while, yes, I was working out more and more, I wasn't necessarily feeling, like, changes I wanted to see within my body itself, like, physically and mentally were really happening. I just knew that I was working hard. Um, so when we got the diagnosis and we changed things up, I just felt so much better because mm -hmm. the slow workouts worked better for me because I wasn't feeling as tired. I wasn't getting as exhausted as I was before with all the cardio stuff. Um, I think we then included an extra day where we had like three days a week together now as opposed to two. And yeah. the shift moved from like cardio more to like weight, which was great because I love lifting heavy stuff. And again, with lifting heavy stuff, that helps you to build more muscle. And the muscle consumes all of like that sugar and everything a lot better than the fat does. So in terms of building the muscle and changing um, the training regimen, is when we really started to see like, okay, this is actually getting somewhere. And then I think what I end up doing is that I cut down um, the cardio training on my own to about two days a week. And then I incorporated um, yoga for other days because I just wanted to be able to stretch. I wanted my body to still feel like it could, you know, move and not feel as if it was getting too bulky or anything like that. So in terms of getting that diagnosis, it did help in terms of the switch as to how we could be doing things and putting all those things together is what brought a lot of results forward. Yeah, man. And I also want to, to ask about the yoga. So you spoke, you spoke about the ability to stretch and whatnot, but, but how sweet you did feel when you started to do that yoga, like, in terms of the relaxation element, because we did speak about the stress being a negative aspect, uh, which, you know, hinders the management of, of PCOS. Yeah. So, so talk to me more about this yoga and how, 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 how positive it was for you. As you said, it was 
said it was just relaxing and it was just smoothing. It wasn't this case of me like getting on a treadmill and being determined that I needed to get like 400 calories within that run. It was just me more focused on what does my, what does my mind need right now? Because, you know, there's the mind-body connection. What do my need right now? It needs to calm down. It needs to just ease off. And the yoga was a great way of doing that. But I was still moving. Um, and that was important to me because when I started the whole journey, initially, it wasn't really about needing to lose weight. It was just me realizing that I don't move enough. And I just want to start moving and see what happens from there. So that's why I use my Instagram to document the days that I move. And at one point, I remember starting to feel really guilty because I was like, well, if I'm not burning 400 calories a day, then I'm not really moving. So I had to really change my relationship with what is movement, what is fitness, and what is wellness. And it really got me to a point where I had to realize I need to reframe what I consider to be progress. And progress doesn't need to be how much calories I burn in a day. It can hallelujah. just be that how many moves a day. Amen. <laughs> or amens in the chat here because that is exactly, exactly, exactly it. It's, it's really about wellness first. And once you have wellness first, everything else, everything else follows. Super fantastic, superstar. So you touched on, we touched on yoga there just now. And then, mm -hmm. you, you, and, and let me backtrack a little bit. You spoke about the support team. So, you had your doctor, <laughs> yes. had your fitness, and then the nutrition. Yes. So well, here's the thing. Um, I actually did work with a nutritionist before or just after I found out that I had the PCOS. Um, and that was actually pretty good. But I still had a really touchy relationship with food. Mm -hmm. Because still was not eating enough mm -hmm. and let's tell you it shook me to my core when i realized that one of the other reasons i was not losing weight or the other reason my body was not changing was that i wasn't eating enough mm -hmm. I was like, what, are you talking about? what are you talking about what do you mean <laughs> i have to eat more if i eat more how is that going to work out for me um so after the first lockdown last year I know that I had actually like regained weight, which everybody kind of went through what they went through in that particular time. Mm. But then when we came out of it, I was like, listen, I really need to focus on my relationship with food and getting my nutrition on track. So I actually reached, I'll, I'll touch on water intake a little bit later. Yeah. I reached out to um, Jeff's nutrition. That's my girl. That's my girl, Shanine. Mm-hmm who I went to in the foulest of moods because I was so annoyed with myself and my lack of progress and the plateau that I had hit. And I was like, this is so disappointing. I feel like I'm doing everything right. What's going on? But recognizing that nothing was shifting, I said, okay, I really need some serious help. So I um, have been working with Shanice since September of last year. And let me tell you, she really really challenged my relationship with food and I cannot stop eating now. It is the most difficult <laughs> thing. Um and I think also because I assumed I knew what healthy food was and I assumed it wasn't going to be fun, it wasn't going to be interesting, it was going to be too expensive. 
But in working with her, um, it came, became very clear. It can be fun. It can be colorful. It can be affordable. And it can just be interesting. And it's not the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So really and truly working with her just opened my eyes to a whole new way of eating. And as I said before, it changed my relationship with food. And I think that is what, not I think, I know that's what helped to break that particular plateau that I had hit last year. Um, so then that was like the... That was like the third element, like my holy truty of, of, of wellness. So she's been around my core team, and that was just incredible. And with regards to water, because somebody asked about water earlier, mm-hmm. I also was not drinking enough water, which is something that I did not realize until um, talking with Denise and realizing, like, you need to be drinking more water because the reason you're not retaining muscle, you're not really drinking what you need to be drinking. So I really upped my water intake. I upped my meals. Um, she incorporated snacks, which I always felt like I needed to avoid because I felt like snacking was something that was bad. And yeah, it brought that plateau in a really, really significant way. Bigger yourself, Shanice, because it's so <laughs> important. You spoke about the, the trinity of the support team. I like that terminology, but though. It's really <laughs> important <laughs> to have someone who can break down that information all the yeah. way because we could, it could be real deep and she was able to break it all the way down for you to have the ability to fully understand uh fully 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 recognize well hey ain't, ain't about starving here yeah? we ain't starving we looking to get that energy so that you can do the movements and all of your daily activities that you need to do without stressing your body to get it done so 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 important absolutely so once you were able to get this, um, all of these changes in, because we're speaking really mm-hmm. about lifestyle changes as your management system, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you need more water, the, the movement changed, the nutrition, relaxation mm-hmm. tools. Um, did you find that this was a scenario that, that became real easy for you to say, hey, to? I know also to sustain. I would say for training, so for working out, mm-hmm. I actually think I ended up enjoying that a lot quicker than anything else because mm-hmm. I did fall in love with the movement more so than anything else a lot quicker. It just, it helped to feel better, like endorphins, if you will. So it, it did help to feel better with regards to just moving. So getting up and moving became the easiest thing to the point where if I wake up on a morning now and I'm like, okay, it's raining outside, I guess I'll go back to bed. No, I'll probably just do yoga. I so I always find something to do to keep myself active and keep myself moving. Water intake is a whole other ball game because, you know, this is the thing, because when you're drinking so much water, oh my God, you use the bathroom so much. So I'm like, is my body even absorbing this water? Because it feels like it's just coming right out. What is going on? <laughs> but the water intake has been working. So it, it, it was hard to get into that, but it was very necessary. The eating was definitely the hardest part because I went from eating probably two meals a day to eating, I have, I have five eating opportunities when the day comes. So it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then there's like two snacking opportunities in between there. The constant eating, I was so mad. You can ask uh, Tracy Fowler. I remember messaging her and Sharon. I was like, I cannot do this. This is too much food. 
is a problem. I have to stop. I cannot keep eating this much food. I'm sick and tired of food. And like I said, right now, you cannot stop me from eating. I, I, <laughs> I everything. I'm right now out of um, this popcorn that I get from Body Restoration that's made with, like, avocado oil, which is, like, my favorite snack to have. Avocado oil. And, and I'm, I'm miserable. I'm like, open up the country. I need my popcorn. Not really, but you know what I mean? But, like, now for me, eating is it's a joy. I really enjoy eating. I absolutely enjoy eating. It's Food must eat. Lucinda said, oh, she, she, she's, she's going to my sister. <laughs> because food must eat, Lucinda. <laughs> I agree, you're 167%. Long time. <laughs> So you spoke about a number of things here. I also want to touch on the management of stress. We kind of talk, hey. kind of touch on it, but I really want to delve into it. Management of stress. How has that been? So we dealt with it with the yoga. Where you where you contemplate? Yeah. You dealt with it with the yoga. But how important <laughs> has it been to get rest? For example, has that been a drastic change for you? Sleeping enough? Um, perhaps doing more meditation, perhaps doing other, other, other things that relax you. Talk to me. Tell me. Come let me talk. Kurt is calling all of these things because he already knows my story, guys. So I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> for his prompt. Um, everything that you just said, I have been making a major effort to ensure that I get in eight hours of sleep. It might not necessarily be eight hours of sleep when the night comes, but I might have an hour-long nap in the afternoon. And then I'll sleep for seven hours at night. But I'll try to get eight hours of sleep overall. Um, and actually, as ridiculous as it sounds, the eating really helped a lot, too, in terms of managing stress. Because I was eating all of the right things. So mm. I wasn't hiding all my you know, cookies and sugar and this, which is something you probably would have eaten me past to help the stress because your body was craving that. Yeah, I might not have power to the bomb, Tracy. You need to try a 15-minute nap. And you can see what happens. You change your life. Um, the siesta and that helped in terms of managing stress as well. Um, mm. Yoga for sure, because there's nothing like child's pose. Let me just tell you, if you feel you're having a really bad day, just go into child's pose. It's not frog back or whatever it is that Kurt calls it. That's a whole other game. I should not be participating in front of anybody. Do that at home. But yes, child's pose is amazing. Um, and then the other thing that I've been incorporating more and more over the past six months has been meditation. So I, when I get up on a morning, the first thing that I do is that I meditate because that sets the tone for the rest of the day for me. So it's, uh, I start with meditation. Oh, hey, Dr. Nana just came in. Um, I start with meditation. Um, then I get in some form of movement. Then I have breakfast. And then I start my day. So I find that ensuring that I have the rest the night before and that I have my morning start in such a in such a strategic way, I should say, really helps me to manage stress overall. And when people are stressing me out when it comes to work or family or what have you, I just do my deep breathing and deep breathing goes a long way there too. So it really is just incorporating all of those things, making sure that I actually stop and take the time to get in my meals. All of that helps in terms of managing stress. You got, wait, Tracy, that's it. You got a solid, solid routine there. Very solid. It's From so. start to... Mm -hmm. 
And you fell into that after a little while, as you said. Yeah, and it, it's so different from how I used to start my day. It's very different from mm-hmm. however I used to live my life, like prior to the diagnosis, that it just makes me go like, why wasn't I doing it all this time? <laughs> you know, but, you know, everything in its time. Everything in its time. Everything in its time. I agree with that 165%. Uh, so what says you must try that deep breathing routine? Well, mm-hmm. I must say that there is actually a deep breathing practice. If you visit Tracy Fowler's page, yeah. she had an interview with Natasha. And Natasha mm-hmm. actually went through a short uh, deep breathing practice, uh, which I found to be quite relaxing as well. So perhaps you can check that out. And yeah. you will get some cues as to what Natasha um, recommends in terms of deep breathing. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, Lucinda asks, so I can quote you too. So the painful period is gone? Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you are. And they're also shorter. So previously I was having my period for like seven days. Um, oh, I need to tell my business. They're four days now and they're pain-free and they're a lot lighter. Absolutely. Super fantastic. I have another question here coming in. I was, I was having device issues. So can you say if you are doing lower character help with PCOS? Yes. Um, it, see, it varies based on how Shanice sets the menu. Some days it might be higher in terms of carbs or it might be higher in terms of vegetables, higher in terms of the protein, higher in terms of fat. She just has it set in a very, very strategic way. So I would say if you want clear instruction in terms of what you can be doing with your diet, it makes a lot more sense to have that conversation with somebody who is doing it for a living. Right now, what I've been doing is entrusting my health with people that I know I can trust. Um, and that is where Shanice comes in. So that's what's been working for me. Yeah, man. And I just want to say that a lot of the time when we are dealing with these things, we tend to go to mm-hmm. Google. You know, and we read everything that in Google and we give ourselves too much information. And when we give ourselves too much information, that could lead you down the wrong path, right? When you take the time now to speak to someone, <laughs> when you take the time to speak to someone specifically <laughs> and have a conversation and um, then you can discuss exactly what you're going through with that person who is knowledgeable at Shanice or knowledgeable at Dr. Nana, then you will be able then to chart a specific uh, management system for you, right? Because you don't want to have a generalized management system. It's not necessarily going to work for you, but when you yes. speak to those professionals, it can definitely, definitely help. Um, the reason I was laughing so badly earlier is, do you remember the time I said to you that my thigh was jumping so much after workouts, and I went to Google what that could mean, and I thought I had ALS? Do you remember? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I actually do. <laughs> and, and there you go. And I actually went to like a, a sports position for him to check it out. And mm-hmm. he was like, your muscles are fine. Maybe you, just to need to eat. Maybe you just need to eat after a workout. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. You probably should, probably should eat more. But no, do not go to Google. It, I mean, it really just makes sense to talk to the professionals. Again, advocate for your health. Going online is not advocating for your health because you're trusting too many opinions. Go to someone who has the knowledge, has the information, have the conversation. If there are tests that need to be done, have the tests done. 
and just make sure that you're making an effort to explore all the possibilities, but you're doing it responsibly. Going on Google is not really responsible. Once you have the conversations, then you can go on, do your own research because you're doing it with a better mindset. You have an idea of what it is that you're looking for and what it is that you, you need to discover to support you. But don't do it before. It, that's going to mess you up. Fantastic. But this is a fantastic speaker. Isn't she a fantastic speaker? I have a comment here. <laughs> I have a comment here. It says, I would advise to monitor my glycemic index to manage PCOS. And that has helped. Super fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Super fantastic. Um, Shanice says, just send an email. She can sorry you. Just send an email, and she can find space just for you. It is. It is very much worth it. Mm -hmm. I, I will. Go, yeah. I I went to her like I said in early September, and I went back in about maybe it was four weeks for my first check in, and I was hella miserable, Kurt. I was so mm -hmm. mad, and you know because after I came out of it, I messaged you. I was so mm -hmm. angry. It was like oh, I don't want to be here. I'm so over everything. Nothing's working. Nothing's changed me. Six <laughs> like, oh, pounds lighter. Um, so here's how we're going. I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. And that's Talk just to them. Talk to them. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. That touches on the cycle, the vicious cycle that we were speaking about earlier. Because we try to yeah. achieve something. We work ever so hard to try to achieve this thing. But it feels as though it's not working as quickly as you would like it to work. So you work, you're actually moving at the pace that you are supposed to move in. And once you trust that process, things are going to happen, especially if you trust that process with the professionals, things would eventually happen. You know what I mean? So just continue to trust that process. Um, Mel, you have the most amazing phrases. Um, I think that one of these phrases here will be immortalized. Advocate for your health. Melissa Young, okay, 2021. No <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you that that's going to end up in some sort of Instagram post here before you leave so I have a question. Oh, there was two more actually. Um, so in addition to that, uh, reframing your progress. So don't necessarily focus on what the uh, scale is doing. I don't weigh myself. The only times I get weighed is when I go to Janice. I don't weigh myself because I realized that when I used to weigh myself in the past, I got so discouraged when I saw that the scale just kept going up and up and up and up. Which is another reason why when I did the whole repurposing of my Instagram, I said the only numbers that I can look at going up is when I am adding to my days of movement. So seeing the numbers go up, that to me was more encouraging than looking at a scale. So the only times I see the scale is when Shanice is like, okay, you can look down, you've lost another two pounds. And I'm like, great, thanks for that information. So reframing progress for me was focusing on keeping my movement, um, adding different types of movement so I didn't get bored. Um, and just, yeah, and even just be eating better. So just reframing how you see your progress. The other thing was recognizing that when it comes to wellness, wellness is not a destination. It is a journey. So just realize that you're going to be constantly working on it. And there's nothing wrong with that. What worked for you a year ago may not work for you um, this year. It may not work for you next year. So recognize when you need to switch things up and just embrace that as a journey because it's all a part of the progress and it's all a part of growing. Lord have mercy. Well, I wish I had my Bible there here right now to say hallelujah. Powerful, <laughs> powerful, powerful words. Let me tell you something, right? I can't say it no better. I can't say it no better. 
And that's why I was so excited to do this live for you here, and I so absolutely excited. So, uh, two question them. Two okay. question them. Um, I'm going to touch this one first. What were your PCOS symptoms? You, you kind of went over it earlier. Um, yes. But you just want to summarize that. Sure. Um, my PCOS symptoms were fatigue, um, anxiety, depression. Um, I had awful heavy periods, very long extended periods um, that, you know, went past what is supposed to be considered normal. Um, I had like, like dark patches of skin on like the back of my neck, on like my elbow. Um, sometimes I would get like hair growth right here in this area, which is, you know, so attractive. Um, but those were the major, those are the major symptoms that I got. Rachel, I can always talk to you about it after. That's no problem. I can always bring you up to speed. So that's okay, love. Super fantastic. And then the next question here is, what yoga programs do you follow? Oh, I kind of just go on YouTube and follow what I find on there. There is a lady in particular called uh, Sarah Beth Yoga. She has really great programs for beginners, intermediate, uh, and, you know, expert level. So I just tend to go on her YouTube channel and follow a lot of the stuff that she has there. And I just do that. And because they do it so much, there's some, uh, there's some sequences that I know by heart. So I'll just do it on my own. But you can find so many resources online. So she's one that you could definitely check out. But there are people here that you can follow too. There's Demi Yoga. Um, there's Yoga with Joe. So there are even people here in Barbados that you can follow and get assistance with. And there's Nima Wellness as well. So be brought Super fantastic. Well, it's, that's, that's a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of information that you've given us. I really want to thank you for your time. It is now 745 in Barbados in the Eastern Caribbean. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, we did say that this time would absolutely jet along. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a tremendous, tremendous amount of knowledge, as I mentioned there before. Uh, thank you so much for being open and sharing thank for your, your particular journey. And I know that at least one person will be able to take something away from what you have spoken about today. And for that, I will feel <laughs> with Let me just make sure that there are, I did not miss anything. Okay, so do you use Inositol? That's one question coming through. I actually don't. Initially, when I got the diagnosis from Dr. Nana, I was on glucophage. Um, but eventually I just stopped that because I didn't want to become reliant on, um, medication, which I discussed with her and she understood and she supported that. But I don't use Inositol at all, actually. Um, Shanice had told me about it and I really was supposed to go and get some, but I've actually found that my cravings aren't as intense as they were before. And it's, it's just a lot easier for me to manage that I haven't actually decided to go and get it. It's. I don't necessarily need it at this point, um, but it is supposed to be very, very helpful. And she needs to recommend it and I trust her. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. There you have it. 